0: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Sleep and Relax ASMR. A kind listener was so kind and left a 5 star review on Apple Podcast and the review specifically mentioned how much he or she enjoyed the ramble episodes. But there was a qualm embedded in the review. Why don't I do more rambles with a sort of softer-spoken voice? Excellent question, indeed. So, I like to think of myself as a random guy, so why not make a random ramble, basically on the fly, and give in to the request made by the ever-so-kind listener that gave the pod a five-star rating? I also like to think it's ironic that a five-star review has a qualm embedded in it. A doubt, a reservation, a concern, a problem with some of my rambles. In either case, I do thank the kind listener for taking the time to give this podcast a chance and for leaving that kind five-star review. What is, of course, also of note is how I like to change the pitch and the presentation of my voice During these spoken episodes with some degree of variation because I do believe one of the unique aspects of this ASMR podcast is that there's a lot of variety in the types of episodes, how they're delivered, so on and so forth, etc., so on and so forth, on and on it may go. I occasionally will see a negative review, which can be totally valid. I believe anyone should be able to voice their opinions. But the one thing that makes me pause and think is how certain people will give a podcast a poor review because the content isn't, quote, for them. I understand that. But if it's not your thing, then why bother giving a review? Why not listen to your thing? I don't care much for podcasts about pop culture gossip when I go on their Apple Podcast page and leave a one-star review because they don't talk about astrophysics, and I want to hear about astrophysics. Well, no, of course not, because the podcast isn't really for me at that point. What's even more random are those that leave a review about a specific episode and say how much they dislike that particular episode. What makes this especially random and strange, in my opinion, is the fact that this podcast has released nearly 400 episodes. Perhaps you don't like the episode you clicked on, or listened to at first, but if you yourself acknowledge how little you like that type of episode or content, why not give another one a chance? For example, one person mentioned, um, how little they, or or how much, I shouldn't say how little they liked, because that is not, it's kind of a double negative, that doesn't make much sense. One reviewer wrote how much they disliked the sort of combo episodes where it's me speaking over, let's say, a track of the ocean or wind or a fireplace. Totally valid, I understand that. Um, For some people, they like that. For some, they don't. But if you don't like that type of episode, why not listen to, I don't know, the one that actually has the kind of presentation and format that you yourself like. It is definitely a challenge when it comes to this podcast because, well, every week you're getting something a little different. And certainly over the course of making uh, this podcast over the last few years, which has brought me a tremendous amount of joy and uh, and and happiness to make content that, you know, some people really do enjoy and, you know, a hobby that I, for myself, helps kind of keep my mind off of other things as well, you know. Um, but yeah, I, I do find it uh, a challenge because certain people want to listen to... A specific type of ASMR podcast, and I don't think this particular media formats to anyone in particular. And you have other fantastic ASMR content creators, you know, some focus on role plays, some focus on nature or ambiance kind of episodes, and you know, this podcast offers a variety to a variety of listeners. So, But yes, it's okay. I understand that sometimes people do and say things that I will find random and won't be the kind of thing I would do in my position, that's okay. I don't believe anything is that random, you can justify it on the spot. I'm thinking of acorns, for example, and um, this is a fairly random thought, but then you realize it's because I was listening to a podcast that was sponsored my Acorns, the investing app. Um, I can foresee a future when we go to physical places just to speak to robots, to give ourselves a bit of a personal touch. The only thing left for us is to somehow get virtual haircuts. You know, nothing is sacred anymore, But and and without some kind of virtual, artificial influence. And see, this for me doesn't bother me the way it bothers other people. My uh, cousin, for example, she is deathly afraid of the invasion of robots and artificial intelligence basically taking over the world. For me personally, I'm not as cynical, and maybe it's just my nature, but I'm not too afraid of a day where. You know, artificial intelligence. You know, I'm I'm not afraid of a of a of the Terminator movie basically becoming an actual reality in our day to day lives. I think the thing that I lament the most about um, this possible increase in virtual and artificial intelligence and influence and all that is, I think the kind of loss of community, right? Um, again I'm, I'm not afraid of or I don't worry like my cousin does about some kind of doom day at the end of all this. I kind of worry that you know we we know our neighbors less we know our community less and I think that causes us to be a little bit more polarized than we should be instead of finding common ground as a community and um, that's that's what I lament because if you're just talking to robots all day, I don't think you get a chance to really understand the perspective of, again, your next-door neighbors, the person that owns the the, gro- the local grocery store right across the street, if, you know, that even exists anymore in most uh, major urban areas or metropolitan areas. So, you know. But, you know, the truth is, with the... With the increase of some kind of virtual influence and artificial intelligence, you get the benefit of convenience. And at the end of the day, technology advances. It doesn't regress, even though it may have certain adverse effects. You know, you used to have to speak to an investment advisor to invest, and that's basically out the window if you're under... The age of 35. At one point, I thought maybe even glasses, like prescription glasses, wouldn't be something that you could easily replace, since you had to go to an optometrist and get the right prescription and then see the potential glasses in person, but it's not really the case anymore at all, is it, right? You have amazing brands like Warby Parker that make the experience all virtual, basically you get to take the eye exam on your phone and you know then they'll let you pick out a few options of glasses you get to try on and you know it is amazing you know you used to get in your car, put on your seatbelt, drive 10 minutes to your local grocery store, park the car, wave at your neighbor, Who's leaving the store as you're entering? Go into the bread aisle to buy the bread that looked, that looks like it's artisanal, but you really know was baked and made and with the same stuff as every other kind of loaf of bread. Then you stroll by the desserts, take a peek, maybe pick up some brownies. Then you'd have to go to the veggies and fruit section and reluctantly pick up some bananas and onions and carrots. Then you're on your way to the soft drink section to buy some soda and maybe some bottled water and you pass the chips. so you pick up a bag or two because they're on special even though you know it's terrible for you and then you finally get to the deli and pick up some cold cuts and then you're just going to leave in your freezer or fridge for too long and force yourself to cook it five days later and make a sandwich with it or something. Then you'd have to Get to the dairy section, pick up some eggs, milk, yogurt, maybe some cheese, maybe pick up a bottle of wine because you have the event next week. And then you'd have to take your cart, wait in line, pay, load the car, buckle your seatbelt up. When you hop in your car, drive 10 minutes back, park, unload the car, and then take a 10 minute nap from how tired you got from shopping. And you know, you used to have to do all that. And now Instacart makes it that that entire process totally disappear. And again, I think it's pretty amazing because at the end of the day, you know, what you're paying for is that extra level of convenience. Kind of level of convenience that makes that entire monologue of actions that you have to make. But to some degree, again, I think the benefit is a convenience and I do think there's some adverse effects and again it's not that artificial intelligence and that robots are gonna come in and swoop us up and make us go extinct I think it's just we know less about our neighbors we know less about the people around us we understand their perspectives less and uh, I think we we lose sight of that sense of Community and belonging and I think it's important right for us to have that you know you, you used to have to go to Sears to buy a weed whacker and, and now it's just bye bye Sears you know I mean when I was growing up I mean Sears so, you know, saying Sears was like the equivalent of saying like Apple today in terms of just staying ability and and being a massive corporation that you know, you, you would never imagine, you know, 20 years ago the idea of Sears just basically flopping. You know, again, it's like if, if you told me in 20 years, um, you know that Amazon is no longer in existence and I wouldn't believe you or Microsoft or something to that degree but that's how quickly uh, the times change the Weed Whacker was or is so aptly named and uh, I think the dongle is as well if I asked you to tell me what a dongle looks Like and does. I feel like the dongle as it is currently created and presented would be pretty accurate. Aptly named. You know, I need a dongle. You know, tomato, tomato, potato, potato, coyote, coyote. Is it just Canadians that say coyote and not coyote? in fairness to Canadians I think coyote sounds more appropriate if you consider the spelling it's not as if coyote is spelled with two e's at the end and you know I've also heard Canadians say Mazda instead of Mazda like how I hear Americans say it, they also say Nissan instead of Nissan when referring to car brands and should have been my observation, and I make plenty of fairly useless um, observations. You know, some people I don't think really pick up on the difference. You know, I have Canadian friends that, when I say, for example, well, an average Canadian will say Mazda, or Mazda, instead of Mazda. They don't necessarily pick up on it, and they kind of think, Well, to me, it sounds exactly the same, but these are the again fairly useless things I've picked up on. And uh, it makes me think that if I had a different choice in career, I would probably go with something uh, akin to uh, linguistics you know, that kind of general premise of you know, or the field of. Um, like, I love those YouTube videos. I think it's wired that they have um, linguistic professors break down uh, accents and how well actors are able to execute on accents that aren't native to them. And uh, I could watch those for hours, you know, if presented with that opportunity. So, again, just something that I find really interesting that you probably don't care much about because I'm just a guy um, speaking softly um, into a microphone and rambling for probably close to 18 or 20 minutes at this point. Um, so, you know, and, and being that I'm a random person and I made that random abs- observation, you know, I don't really have anywhere else to go from here. Except I can go back to the topic of acorns. I do believe that my mother purchased some kind of dish soap that was scented as if it were almonds and vanilla and perhaps, but not necessarily true, the scent of acorns. You remember the days when dish soap just smelled like chemicals and we were okay with it? Remember the days when Everyone was so scared to consume regular sugar, and instead opted for the sweeteners. And now people just want brown sugar, like we're back in the 50s. You know, I remember that. I think it was like the early 2000s. I mean, it certainly could have just been my experience. Maybe, you know, it was my parents that were leading the charge on sweeteners, and now, you know, they only want organic brown sugar, but here's my prediction for what comes next right now we're consuming veggie and plant-based protein that kind of looks and tastes like real meat but it isn't and yet i don't think we really know what goes into it i'm confident that one day we'll come back into this cycle where people are paying extra just to consume real meat and i don't swing one way or another i do enjoy some plant-based protein and I've been impressed overall with the taste and experience some of the garden or garden products like the uh, chicken tenders and the orange chicken like products are pretty tasty so I think anyone can get behind that but what do I really know not much except that Canadian say Mazda and Pasta and rough, but I suppose that also is going to depend on what region you're from because I've heard people from New Finland speak and um, I mean you, you wouldn't really know where they're from it's just isolated very very interesting and uh, very difficult to understand accent as well I guess kind of similar to how the uh, Creole accent or Cajun accent there in Louisiana also can be, in my opinion, very difficult to understand. So we'll see. It's just interesting, you know, again, it was my sister who had the uh, Impossible Burger or whatever it's called from Burger King. And, you know, she was telling me it, it looks like meat and it tastes like meat. It's delicious. And I said, that's great, but it's just funny to me how we're consuming products that are looking and tasty like meat. And again, we don't really know what else goes into it. Maybe it's plant-based protein, but what does that really mean? What else goes into it to make it look and taste like a burger patty? So... We'll see, maybe, again, just like sweeteners were the the quote-unquote healthier option, maybe we'll get back to that position where, you know, organic farm-raised meat is really what we consume, but again, I'm all for whatever tastes good, is cheap, and um, is available, you know, again, I, I don't, I'm definitely not one of these people that demands to eat real meat, Um, again, the chicken tenders I've been having the last, uh, several months actually have all been plant based protein. Um, just because I've enjoyed them. You know, I've enjoyed the experience of consuming them and, you know, it's been readily available and they're easy to make and all that. So they're just a little too salty, in my opinion. But, um, With that departing little nugget or acorn of random ramble, I will dismount, disassemble, disarm, and end this episode where it stands. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, you can always email me at at helloatsleepandrelaxasmr.com. That's all for this episode. Thanks as always for listening, and take care.